2022. Hi. Hi, Susie. Good morning. Good Today's morning. a great day. Great day. And let me tell you why it's a great day, because this is the Ask KT and Susie anything. It's actually Ask Susie and KT. No, I did that on purpose that <laughs> <Okay>. way. <laughs> But tell everyone what's why it's a great day. It's a great day for a few reasons. And let's just start this way. As you know, this podcast is sponsored by the Alliant Credit Union. As you know, Alliant has also offered what, KT, to everybody? The Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account. And what happens with the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account? You can earn a $100 bonus if you just follow the instructions, which you'll all hear at the end of this podcast. Right. But many of you, tens of thousands of you, took advantage of the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account that when we first offered this was giving 0.60% in terms of interest. And at the time, that was one of the highest interest rates out there. Right, KT? And then what happened? Susie, it went to 0.75%. That's right. And now what we want all of you to know is now it is at 1%. Yeah, baby. So one of the reasons that we love Alliant Credit Union so much is that they really are the credit union that has your best interest in heart. And as interest rates continue up here, trust me, they'll take you up as well. So check out the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account. Go to myalliant.com. Look for who? Susie's face. Right smiling, there, everybody. Smiling. And learn how you can not only get that interest rate, but how you can get that $100 bonus as well. KT, what do you got for me today? A lot of great, great, great questions. A real variety. But I'm going to start with one of our favorite. Ready? Hi, Susie. This is from Angie. Hi, Susie. I'm 55 years old. And almost all of my savings, 400000 is invested in mutual funds with Fidelity. You like Fidelity, don't you, Susie? Yes, it's one of the discount brokers I like, among many. Okay. With the recent nightmare in the stock market, I've lost almost 25000 over the last several months. Angie, you're not alone. Should one sell their funds and cash out to prevent the bleeding or hold on? I need the advice, Susie. Every day I feel that I'm in a race for time and for my very livelihood. And Susie, for the first time in my life, I truly don't know what to do. The first time in her life. Mm-hmm. She's 55 and that's the first time in her life she doesn't know what to do. Do. Yeah. How fabulous is that, Angie? <laughs> Seriously, that for all 55 years, you have absolutely known what to do. I have never known <laughs> what to do. I never knew what to do, KT, until I was 50. I'm not joking. I'm laughing because no one would read that and respond the way you just did. <laughs> Telling her how great that this is the first time you don't know what to do. It's seriously great because here's the other thing that's seriously great, Angie. You have almost all of your savings, $400,000, and it's lost essentially $25,000 over the last several months. I don't know, girlfriend, that's only like 6%. You've only lost maybe 6, 6.25% if we were going to be exact about it. And the markets are down 
if you're looking at the Dow Jones, the Standard & Poor's, the NASDAQ. So what should she do? Nothing. You're doing fine. Okay, there you go. Right. Truthfully, it's too late to sell if you want to sell. Obviously, whatever you're investing in has held up pretty well. So I would probably just stay exactly where I was right now. Without knowing exactly what you own, there's not really much more that I can say to you. But listen, I wish I was only down 6.25%. All right. And I still don't know what to do. Okay. <laughs> You're well, lucky. Wait, wait. She's I want to say something about this. I don't think there's a financial advisor out there today that knows what to do. And I'm very serious about that. I watch CNBC every single day. And I watch the advisors that go on there, especially like around the 12, 1 o'clock time frame. I love this. They are arguing over, no, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. No, I don't agree. I would be buying. I would be selling. I've never seen anything like it. So can everybody just understand that we're in a time right now where really nobody knows for sure what to do. The best we can do is guess, seriously. And that includes me, Katie. So if we don't know for sure what to do, what would you recommend someone does? Nothing? Well, it depends. It depends if they are invested and what they're invested in. It depends how long until they actually need this money, meaning they need to cash it out. It depends on so many things. That's why also, KT, it's so hard to answer questions without knowing the intent of money. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, I think it was Sunday, you know, I said that the majority of our money right now, KT, is in treasury bills and notes. And why and is I-bonds. that? And, and I bonds. But that's, you know, yes, and I, it's in I bonds, obviously, to the max, right? And a lot of our money is in municipal bonds that we've owned for many, many years right now and giving us a nice dividend. But our goal, KT, is to really not have our money grow anymore. Preserve. Our goal is to preserve, protect, and prosper. I always wanted to name a book that. So now I just used it. Three (laughs) P's. I did. And the publishers would go, well, what does that mean? I go, forget it. Okay. But so it depends what the goal is in the answer to what you just said. But anyway, okay. Okay. Next question is from Danielle. And this is a good question too. A lot of parents out there don't know what to do. My daughter starts college in the fall. I'll need to withdraw funds from her 529. The 529. Withdraw it now. The 529, despite being in conservative funds, is floundering in this market. Mm -hmm. Is it still wise to withdraw the amount I need to send her to school while the market is dropping? I know I'm not supposed to sell when it's low, but I had planned to pay for college with this money. Help me make a wise choice. There you go. You know, I'll never forget. It was 2007, 2008, somewhere, KT. We were doing the Oprah Winfrey show when everything was crashing. Mm-hmm. And when I mean crashing, I mean crashing. We were down 50%. 
We're only down maybe 17%, 20%, 30% if you're in technology, 50% everybody. It was scary. Real estate was crashing. Everything was going to you know where. All right, Katie doesn't like when I swear. No, no So I don't swear. So anyway, at least when she's around. And there was a woman who had $400,000, I don't know if you remember this, in her 529 plan. And it had gone from $400,000 down to like $180,000. And her kid needed to go to school that year. And she didn't like the answer that I gave her, as well as Danielle may not like the answer that I'm about to give her. But here's the scoop. How many times have I said to you that money that you know you need in the next five years or less is not money that belongs in the stock market? And you knew that your child was going to have to go to school this year. So last year, you should have taken the money within the 529 plan that was invested and taken that money and maybe two years of money out of the stock market and just left it there so that you could pay for college. But you didn't do that. And now you have four years to pay for at a time when nobody knows for sure these markets go down big, they go up big, they come back down big. You saw what happens yesterday, the day before. You see it all the time. So at this point, you have to play the safe bet because there is no way for us to know in September, is the market going to be up more or is it going to be down more? I personally think it will be down more. That is my personal projection. I think we could go up here for a little bit, possibly, and then it starts its downward trend again into August, September, possibly October. For us to flush out this market, we could easily have to go down 35 to 40%. We're not even close to that right now, um, the Standard & Poor's or the Dow Jones. Therefore, if it were me, I would be taking it out now on a day in here somewhere. We'll see one where the markets are up. I would just come out and that would be that. And I would be happy that I had whatever money I had to pay for college. Oh, KT, what does that look for? I feel terrible for Danielle with the answer you just gave her. If I were Danielle, I would feel really bad because you know why if i'm a parent and i have a little baby and i'm so excited that i started a 529 when the kid was like yes. 5 years old and now they're mm-hmm. ready to go to college so 15 years later here i am feeling silly that every month 17 little, years later all right right a few months before the child has to go to school mm-hmm. with money that she knew she was going to need i'm not being hard on danielle i'm being honest with her kt then everyone parents all need to know they need to look at this as another protection that they have to when take you action on. invest for something like a 529 plan and maybe you have enough to pay for it or you know you're going to have to pay for it in cash in the next few months, KT. Mm. You can't leave your money in the stock market until then. I don't care if you take it out 
a year beforehand. Remember, you have four years to go. So you can keep some of the money invested for growth, but some of the money has to be as you're approaching the date that you're going to need okay, that you cash. Need, you'll need to do a Susie school on that. Okay, T, I've done, I've said these many times. Danielle, I just feel please, bad for her. I'm sorry if that was hard advice on you, but it's honest advice so that the year three and four, you don't make that mistake again. All right. But at least I did give you, I did, KT, I gave her her answer. I All would, right. right. Okay. Oh, God. Here's the <laughs> thing, everybody. I know this is going to be Ask Susie and KT Three Questions podcast because we're going to run out of time. But these are important discussions between the two of us because KT will always be that person who is you. It's hard for me now to be you. Because you mean to be compassionate? Yes. No, <laughs> she's com no she no, is compassionate. But, but to she's be somebody who doesn't have the knowledge to know what to do in every single situation. You, okay, T, do not get mad at me for this. You still don't have the knowledge to know what to do in every single situation. And partly that's my fault because I haven't forced you to know. It's just sometimes it's like, all right, just let me do it for you. It's all right. No problem. And you're like, okay, do it for me. And so it's hard for me to go back and know what it's like not to know if that made any sense. All right, just ask me another okay. question. <laughs> this isn't a question. This is some happy news again, everybody, from Angela. Angela Schmidt wrote, Hi, Susie and KT. Guess what? Alliant increased their savings account interest to 1%. Woohoo! <laughs> she said, best savings account out there. Thanks again. Lots of love to you, ladies. So Angela, we're happy as well. We're also happy all of you stay tuned because somewhere over these next few months, I know we're going to have another sweepstakes yeah. for all of those that are members of the Alliant Credit Union with the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account. And really, there's so many great things coming up. I can't wait for July. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, go on. <laughs> this next one is from Samantha. Hi, Susie and Katie. I hope you're doing well. I added two people, Elaine and Larry, to my savings account as payable upon death beneficiaries, each to receive 50% oh. upon my death. Sadly, last year, Larry died from cancer. If I die before the remaining living beneficiary, Elaine, will she get 100% or will she get 50% of the money and 50% goes to Larry's heirs or estate. It's very possible it could go to Larry's heirs and estate. If so wait, especially wait, if, there's oh, a, you wait, didn't ask me the question. Yeah, do I need to have Larry formally removed from the account or take any other steps? Yeah, if I were you, I would absolutely have Larry come off that account. He is no longer alive. And, and I'm sorry about that, by the way. Um, I would actually have the other person, Elaine, be the one that gets 100% of it if that's what you want. I'm just going to say this. However, if you had owned this in a living revocable trust where it was owned in trust, obviously the trust is the beneficiary of it, all of this would have been taken care of for you in the trust. It would have designated if Larry died, this is what would happen. If Elaine died, this is what would happen. You now change it all to Elaine. 
Elaine dies. Then where's the money going to go? Something happens to you again. You become incapacitated. You get ill. You have a stroke. A pay on death account will not help you at all. And Elaine cannot help you because you haven't died. So how are you going to get access to that money when you're incapacitated? If you are just same, susieorman.com slash offer. Check out the must have documents. Are you kidding me? (laughs) No, we're not kidding you. So, hey, Susie, I started listening to your podcast in March 2022. I'm now 72 and I'll be taking RMD for the first time. Is it better to take RMD now or at the end of the year in a bear market? This is a hard question to answer because I don't know if you're taking your required minimum distribution from stocks that you own within your retirement account, from bonds that you own within your retirement account, or from cash that you have in your retirement account, if you've sold any of the stocks over the past year or whatever, and just left it in cash. So it's almost impossible for me to answer this question. It's also impossible for me to answer this question because I don't know where the market is going to be at the end of this year. If you think the market's going to be up at the end of the year, you'd be better off taking it at the end of the year versus now. So since we don't know, here's what I would do if I were you. You know how I always tell you, if you're going to invest in the stock market right now with anything I tell you to buy, no matter what it is, unless it's a treasury or an I-bomb, I tell you to dollar cost average. So I don't care if you have $1,000 that you're eventually going to put in the market. The most you would put in is maybe $50 a month or $100 a month or $100 every other month into what you want to buy. That's called dollar cost averaging. I would dollar cost average my required minimum distribution out of my retirement account. Figure out how much you're going to have to take out for the year. Let's say it's $5,000. Let's just say that's true. Then between now and then at the end of the year, take out $1,000 a month. You'll meet your required minimum distribution amount. And then no matter what happens, you will have chosen the correct time to do so. That was oh my God, answer. that was brilliant. That was a really, that was brilliant. I was going to say, Susie, that's a really good answer. I've never given that answer before. I know, but that was a great answer. But everybody. really, I've never been asked that question before. So oh, I love that answer. So here's a short question, but I'm not sure if there's enough information, everyone. It's from Nona. How long can you oh, collect survivors' wait, no, benefits? No. Who's Nona? I don't know. No, you call Oh, my mommy. Yes, and what was yesterday? My mom mom would have been 94 years old yesterday, June 15th. Yeah, and we all called her Nona. Every year on her birthday, I cry because I miss her so much. Yes, she cried yesterday. I cried yesterday, sitting on the front porch, crying, and Susie and Cole, I was telling them how great she was and how much we miss her. We all miss her. And I was telling Colo how her mother always used to say to me, Suze, does Kath drive you crazy like she does me? 
Suze, tell me, does she? <laughs> so, did you ask me this question? I did. I don't know if you can answer it because look at how short it is. We don't know who the survivor is. Well, it doesn't matter how long can you collect survivor benefits. Mm -hmm. The answer to that is forever and a day if, if that benefit happens to be less than what your benefit on your own, once you qualify for Social Security, happens to be. So if you happen to be collecting, let's just say, $1,000 a month of survivor's benefits, you haven't gotten remarried, you're, everything is fine, and you still are collecting this $1,000 a month, and now you turn 67 or you turn 70, and your own Social Security benefit would be $1,300 a month, you would take your benefit at that time. If your benefit is not as high as the survivor's benefit, guess what? That's what you're going to be getting forever. Oh, good. So you knew the answer to that. Okay, Why next. Why it surprise for everybody that I know the answer to something? Because I, I wasn't sure if there was enough information there. I, I just make up these answers anyway. <laughs> what do you know? Next one is from Shannon. Hey, Susie, this is one more of a gathering information question for when I do my action step. <laughs> I like this question. When one completes a conversion from a traditional to a Roth, do you pay taxes at the time of the conversion or do you receive a statement from the financial institution when you file your taxes for that calendar year? Thank you in advance. Ask me the question, Susie. Let's do a pre-quizzy no, to her quizzy. This do, is your quizzy. What do they call it? A bonus quizzy. Okay, the answer is yes, you pay taxes on the money you convert. And the taxes would be due no later, or they have to be due on April 15th of that time, of, of that the year. Of the next year. Yeah. So everybody, she now is if you reading wait, this wait answer. Wait, she has it I, written I down. It up. This was my homework. When I picked the question, I said, wait, Susie's going to say, well, what do you think, KT? And I'm going to know because I, I looked it up. Sometimes brokerage firms send things, sometimes they don't. You need to know that if you converted $10,000, you're going to owe taxes on 100% of that $10,000. So no matter what you get from your brokerage firm, whether you do or you don't, that's the amount that you make sure either you put in on your taxes or your tax preparer does it for you. Okay, next question. This is relatively, I just got this yesterday, Susie, so it might be time sensitive, especially today. Hi, ladies. Susie, I listened to past podcasts, but I need clarification on Treasury two-year notes. The rate is currently 3.4%. Yeah. Will the rate go up again if the Fed raises rates? Is it a good place for cash now? I know you like them. So the answer is yes, the rate should continue to go up, depending not just on the feds, but what's happening in the bond market. It's a little bit more complicated because the feds are also trying to sell their bond portfolio and do all kinds of things. Here's the thing. Two-year treasuries could absolutely go as high as 4%. So given that that may be true, I'd be very thrilled to get 3.4 or 3.4.5% on a two-year 
Treasury, which is the only riskless investment out there today. So I don't have a problem with that. Will interest rates continue up, like I said? Probably. So rather than waiting, since there's no way for us to really know, take whatever amount of money you want to put into the two-year treasury at this rate, put it in. Save some other money. If interest rates go up, put it into another one. And it's just that simple. All right, Katie, we have a new trend that's happening. Do you want to know what it is? What is it, Susie? Oh, now she has to get serious. She just put on her glasses. Why'd you put on your glasses? I can see you better when you ask me the cuisine. <laughs> you like what you say today? All right. I've been acupunctured yesterday. It's like, and I still look like I've been acupunctured, huh? <laughs> well, it's been helping her arm a lot. A lot, a lot. everybody. It makes me so happy. I just want to say, if you suffer from what I have suffered through, I'm, and we try everything. We've tried everything, and I have to tell you, right? This one doctor, Doctor Michelle, on the island here. Oh my God, she's great. <laughs> she, it's I can't even believe it. Anyway, okay. People are starting to write in quizzes, and they're very tricky. <laughs> they think that if they say this would make a good KT quizzy. And do that because it's really their question. Mm-hmm. And they pose it as a quizzy for you that I'm going to choose it and use it. And guess what? You did. They're right. <laughs> Millie, okay. you're one smart right, little Millie, what do you want to know? She says, I think. Oh, let's explain it to everybody. Because we have a lot of new people okay. that join us every time. The quizzy section is, I ask KT a question. And hopefully she can answer it. And it's also a question for all of you to see if you can answer it as well. Also, I want to say for those of you who want to write in and ask a question, you just do so to Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can also download the Women and Money app where you can do that on Google Plays or Apple app and ask your question right, there. Where is that quizzy from Oh, sorry, Millie? I got carried away on, here. All Millie. right, sorry, darling. Where, where do we go? All right. She says, my husband retired early from the federal government this month. He's almost 59 and will be receiving a supplement until he turns 62. I know how you feel about early retirement but he did it in order to care for his father who is terminally Mm. ill. He has a Roth IRA and wants to continue contributing so he can take advantage of the dip in the stock market, all Mm -hmm. right? But I don't think he can. Now, KT, he's not working, right? He's getting a little income from somewhere. She calls it a supplement. So he's not working, So remember, a Roth IRA can only be funded with earned income. Right. However, she says, I am still working and will be for some time. I read somewhere that the working spouse can contribute to the non-working spouse's Roth IRA. Is this correct? Well, the first part of the answer, I think, is yes, she can contribute to a spousal Roth IRA. So they have to open a spousal Roth IRA on the condition that they're both joint filing joint taxes. 
they have to file a joint yes, tax return. Yes, they must return. file a joint tax return. Yes. They can't be married Separate. filing separately. So your answer to this is, can he or can he not have a Roth IRA that $7,000 a year is put into? Yes or no? Yes. There you go. Ding, 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 you smart little cutie. She then says her second question mm-hmm. is, and if so, which it is, would the contributions count towards my $7,000 limit? I don't think so, Susie. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no. I don't know that. Right. I don't know. Does anyone out there know the answer to yeah. that? Yeah. So here's the thing, everybody. I knew half of that one. Right. Technically, you don't have to open a non-working spousal Roth IRA. He just has to be a non-working spouse. Mm -hmm. So therefore, he can take money from their money, put it in $7,000 because he's 50 or older. Mm -hmm. She can put $7,000 into her Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you have to open up a separate account that's named the non-spousal working IRA or Roth IRA. No, Mm. he can put it directly into his Roth IRA. She can continue to contribute $7,000 into her Roth IRA. And that's how it is. Are you sure that's how it is, Susie? I'm so positive that's how it is. I can't even stand (laughs) it. So that's how it is. That's how it is. That's how it is. All right, KT. Are you wondering what I'm going to talk about on Sunday? You better tell everyone what happened with the Fed and what it means. And what it means. I've been asking her all day, what does that mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? Susie, is this good? Is this bad? Yes, because yesterday I would not let her talk to me. At all. At all. We didn't speak except, what do you want for lunch? (laughs) (laughs) Right, because it's really important to listen to what happened yesterday with the Fed funds rate. They raised it 0.75%, which is really a big deal, KT. But Sunday, I'll talk all about that and a few other things. So don't worry about it. I'll keep you informed. I, I'm going to listen. I'm going to sit in, everybody. Really? <laughs> all right. We have to end this now. Okay. All right. So everybody, there's really only one thing that we want for all of you. And what is that, KT? Take advantage of that 1% that's going on over at Alliant Credit Union at the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account first. Make sure you listen to the rest of this podcast after we sign off so you know how to take advantage of it and get that $100 bonus. And then on top of that, we all want you to be safe, strong, and secure. secure. All right, everybody. See you See later. See you Sunday. Bye-bye. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. 
Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.